Hi, everyone. Welcome to the timingresearch.com crowd forecast news for December 12th, 2022. We are recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern, and this is episode number 340. My name is David Cosmeter. I'm the creator of timingresearch.com, and you should be seeing my screen right now. And today I have arranged for uh, Casey Stubbs, Michael Katz, Dan Passarelli uh, to join us as, our, as uh, the guest for today. And the option professor is back to moderate. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him. Okay, great. Thank you, David. And thanks everybody for being here. We got uh, a very big week of news hitting the fan here. So we'll have to see how things pan out. Uh, before we get started, let's introduce everybody so we know who's speaking and then we'll get right into it. Uh, Casey, could you start out by letting us know a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your firm? Hi, my name is Casey Stubbs and uh, my company is tradingstrategyguides.com and I'm the host of the How to Trade It podcast and you can find out all the information at my website. Sounds good. Hey, Michael, yourself and the firm? Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm uh, Michael. I'm the CEO of Trade a Pool. We are an online prop firm that fund uh, stock day traders. Other than that, I've been day trading uh, myself for the last 15 years, mostly stocks and indices. Okay. Sounds great. We'd like to hear more about your methodology as we get into this a little bit. And uh, Dan, again, a quick introduction and a little bit about your firm. Yeah. Hey, folks. My name's Dan Passarelli. Been in options for 30 years. Holy moly. And um, I run, I'm the founder and president of markettaker.com, which is um, among the leaders in option trader education. Sounds great. And of course, there's a lot going on with the options. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. Before we get started on Monday, we always uh, give you the question of the day, which is, uh, where do you think the market will be on Friday? basis where we started the week. And we started the week, it looks like at 39.35 or 39.33 ballpark on the SPX. And so from 39.35 uh, um, and then on Friday, what a week to try to predict, huh? Um, where do you think we're going to close on Friday? And uh, higher, lower, and um, what's your conviction? You know, is it 80% chance or 55 or whatever? So let's start out with a Casey. Casey, we're at 39. Uh, 35 on the opening, you're 20 points to the good if you think it's going up, but what do you think uh, by Friday? Okay, well, thank you. So I was actually fortunate enough to be here last week, and last week my I was thinking that we were going to be under 4,000, and I was right, so right. hopefully I get some props for that. Exactly. <laughs> but props doesn't really make money, right? You, right. Could, you could guess all day long, and if you're not trading it, it doesn't matter. Right. But... Uh, it's that's really tough one right now. If you look at it, we're in a channel, right? On the daily, we're it's pretty tight right up against that uh moving average there. It looks like a 50, really tight. We're in a tight range. And so I, I think it's waiting for the data. The market's waiting for the data, which is coming out. So tomorrow we have the CPI. It's going to be very important. We also have FOMC. So to be uh, to be able to make an, an analysis on that, here's what I'll say is I'm going to think that we're going to be below 3,900. Mm -hmm. I think that the news is going to push this thing lower. Uh, however, on the chance, you know, like the percentage, I really don't know. I mean, obviously, but uh, I'm going to say that there's a 40% chance that I'm right. Yeah, there's too uh, much news. There's too much news out there for you to be slamming the table on anything, right? <laughs> You're right. It's yeah. really going to base off the news. But what I'm anticipating is we might have a some numbers that are going to say that we could inflation isn't going away as fast as what they hope, and so we're going to see that push us down below 39. That's kind of what I'm looking. For. Okay, um, and um, Michael, what's your uh, best guess on uh, between now and Friday with a 39.35 starting point? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so again, there are a lot of news coming, so it could be anywhere, you know, but um, I guess we, sh we could continue to the downside, probably to the 39 area, 30, uh, 3,900 um, on the S&P. I'm looking also, uh, maybe we'll talk about it later, but I'm looking also at the VIX, the VX, and it's looking pretty good to the upside. So yeah, 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 yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, that uh, 18, 19 uh, is in the rearview mirror now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what are you thinking here, Dan, as far as uh, the market? And, you know, just uh, opine a little bit about what you think the VIX might be telling us. 
Yeah, boy, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what, before Casey started talking, I was like, oh, yeah, I think we'll be below 39. And so, geez, Louise, I hate to like be so agreeable here, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I think we're going to be below 3,900 uh, as well. Um, and, and I think that because there's been so much attention focused on Wednesday, you know, like tomorrow's number CPI expected at 7.7. .7 um you know there's i so thought much... the i thought the expected number was 7.3 last time the number was 7.7 .7. isn't that uh, or what, uh, what are you hearing yeah uh, i don't know i came across and i mean i guess it depends on you know who's who, who you read it. yeah i was listening to bloomberg oh okay yeah but e either way whatever it is um yeah it's supposed to be a little bit down right yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we rally a little bit after the number or sell off, whatever. But but then the focus shifts and, yeah. you know, it's not such a rosy picture. So, yeah, I'd say below 3,900. And I would say, like, I mean, 55% conviction. Mm -hmm. You know, we got a little bit of runway between this meeting on Wednesday and the next Fed meeting. It's already uh, going to be like almost February 1st the next time they meet. So that's a pretty good um, uh, gap between Fed meetings. And it'll be interesting to see what they say here uh, after the statement. You know what I mean? Um, uh, Casey, do you have any opinion on what you think they might uh, put in the statement? Are they going to be kind of dovish? and then let this uh, Santa Claus rally January effect happen? Because, you know, generally you get a rally, um, you know, in December and you generally get a rally in January with that January effect, you know? How do you feel the the statement might uh, might tilt people? You know, that is a great question. And I honestly can't give an answer to that. You know, the, it's really hard to say. I've enjoyed listening to the statements the last couple of times. You know, last time... Uh, they were pretty heavy handed. And, um, you know, Jerome Powell said that he was going to basically do whatever it takes to fight inflation. He's very, was very strong about that. And then following the, his following statements, which were on November 30th, um, he kind of softened a little bit. Uh, he still was very resolute to stand firm. Uh, however, he said, you know what, if we see data that shows that things are uh, stabling off or that we can uh, slow down rates, mm -hmm. uh, we'll do that. So as far as uh, what he's going to say, I don't know, or how they're going to, to word it, I don't know. Um, but I do know that I they're pretty determined to fight against inflation. And so if they feel like it's going to, you know, go not going as well as they're hoping, they're going to be very strong and firm, and they're yeah. willing to go through uh, a little bit of a downturn in order to accomplish their objective. Yeah. Everyone keeps talking about this downturn. You know, you go out to every restaurant, every mall, uh, everywhere, and uh, everyone is out there just spending like madmen. So I don't know what this downturn stuff is all about. I mean, on this uh, prediction stuff, uh, if you look at last year, their prediction was like Fed funds might go up to like one and a half or 2% and look where we are. So maybe the prediction game's a rough racket, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Predictions are definitely a tough game to be in for sure. Yeah. Um, and you're right. The things are looking great. They feel good right now. Um, and mm -hmm. I do think that that's a good thing, though, that uh, that that Powell's wanting to keep inflation under control. Obviously, wage inflation is pretty good. We want to see more money, but um, it's not keeping up with uh, some of the if that keeps going, uh, definitely will cause this. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, fundamental or technical indicators because you guys all use your own things. Uh, let's, uh, what technical or fundamental uh, indicators are you uh, looking at that you think might really affect the S&P 500 uh, looking forward here? Uh, Michael, you're uh, doing a lot of short-term trading. So uh, what are you kind of looking at there? Maybe you can yeah. open, the, open the door to your methodology at the same time. Yeah, no problem. Um, First, usually I look at a naked chart, mostly like the price section. You uh, want to share something, Michael? Um, yeah. You know, share yeah, your screen yeah, there not? and uh, give us an idea of what you're looking at, because otherwise we're going to leave a lot to the imagination. <laughs> All right. Just let me know if you. Yep. You screen. got it. You're okay. up. Cool. Yep. We got six screens up. Yeah. So basically, um, like maybe we will talk about it later uh, to the. Uh, day trading part, but uh, if we're looking at the uh, big picture, I usually look at the 4H on the, the S&P and the NQ and uh, always looking at the VIX as well. So most of the time, I'm just watching a naked chart, just 
and just you know mark my um, my levels. The only indicators that I do use is uh, the 200 EMA and the uh, 420 EMA as well. I know maybe not a lot of uh, traders use that, but I found it to be uh, very accurate. You can see it right here. That's the light blue. And I got at the bottom uh, the MACD just for um, deviations. So, um, but mostly, like as you can see, just marking levels. So, if I'm going back, you can see that we've been trading in a nice uh, channel, a downtrend channel, trying to break through that level. But it's anyone's game at the moment because, you know, we're moving sideways for the last month. The news that will come uh, this week will push the price up or down, and we can't really tell. Uh, full disclosure, I'm long on the NQ. Usually, if I trade indices, it's usually the NQ and not the, the S&P. Right. But I'm, I'm long here. So um, so all the way uh, from before the news, uh, the last news that we uh, got in this bar. So basically, just waiting for it. And where would you uh, um, reverse yourself? Uh, getting out of the position, you mean? Get out or maybe reverse your position. Um, I usually want to reverse it too fast, so I'll close it and then reassess and then uh, start right. uh, a new position. Right. But basically breaking down after the news, like at least the the at least the FOMC news. So breaking down and closing below the eleven four hundred. That yeah, would that, be my that would be that would be a cue that uh, things are going south. Yeah. 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 Um, and. Um, uh, anything else you're looking at uh, when you do this? Uh, or can you explain a little bit? Uh, what, are, what are you looking at at the bottom? Some kind of a MACD? Is, is that a very, is that just a incidental information or do you use that quite a bit? I use that, uh, but also, but I use the, the chart first, like the price first, and then yeah. just adding a little bit of the MACD to the picture. Basically looking for a, a divergence, you know, at the bottom or the top. Uh, usually for that, I'm using the 1H. Uh, just to see some uh, negative, uh, you know, negative picture between the chart and uh, mm -hmm. like the price and the MACD, for example, right now, we just tested the high, uh, the MACD creating new lower highs. So getting this uh, bearish feeling. And um, when you're doing the short term trading, what uh, time um, uh, chart do you tend to gravitate to? A one minute. Yeah, I'm all about the one minute. <laughs> yeah. So obviously yeah. that's it. And you, so that means you're, you know, pretty actively trading then, right? Yeah, uh, very. You know, as as a CEO of Trader Pool, uh, these days, uh, probably a little bit less than what I used to, uh, but uh, still just uh, moving meetings and all of that, just so I will have at least the, the first hour to trade. Yeah. So. And is um and the Nasdaq E Mini is pretty much your uh, uh, main game in town, or do you trade any of the other ones? No, I mostly trade stocks. Um, the oh, indiv individual. You mean individual issues? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got you. Do you have a few yeah. that you're looking at now that uh, you might want to share with us? Yeah. So I traded today. I traded actually the Qs, the QQQ. The okay. ETF sure. The, sure. Yeah. That's what a lot of people do trade. Yeah, because you know this time of the year you got so much volatility, then you can so you can easily trade just uh, the ETFs, mm -hmm. the SPY and the Qs, maybe the IWM. But um, uh, in any other days, you just go through the scanners and find um, stocks in play. Basically, mm -hmm. lots of volume uh, news that covering. We had a few of those today. So today, when uh, it started to sell off, I just led the the pre market. So we started uh, to sell off right at the beginning, uh, reached uh, a support level, the pre-market basically, or actually uh, yesterday uh, area right here when it actually broke the the after market and the uh, and the pre and the yesterday close. Um, but uh, you can see that the MACD is dropping below the zero two. Most of the times when it's extended like that, uh, you will see a bounce. Mm -hmm. And basically, after that, I just bought it uh, right at the bottom and sold sure. right at the top. Have it. I can show it to you on. My yeah, I heard a good statistic, uh, not a good, an uh, interesting one on Nasdaq. It has now been underneath its 200-day uh, moving average for the longest amount of time since the dot-com crash, which is 173 days. So for 173 days, the Nasdaq has been under the 200-day average, which I thought was obviously it's a pretty historic number, huh? Yeah. 
Uh, it's crazy. And um, I mean, yeah, they're draining reserves. So asset prices have a difficult time going up when they're draining reserves, right? Yeah, exactly. And mm -hmm. uh, we'll see how it goes in 2023. Yeah. But uh, exactly. Yeah, they change a lot ahead of us. Yeah. So that yeah. that's what just uh, to show you that was the trade that I made. So that was the sell off buying at the bottom, trying to sell at the top when reaching a resistant level. So pretty much very active and kind of fast uh, entry and execution and exit. Any of these new stocks hit your radar? Like Microsoft bought um, 4% of the London Stock Exchange. And of course, Horizon and Amgen had a little bit of a deal. And Coupa, C-O-U-P-A, uh, they had... Uh, a suitor that uh, popped that stock quite a bit. Any of those things hit your radar? Or? Yeah, I mean, the, I usually don't trade like uh, small caps, but there are a lot of those popping up. Um, HARP, for example, today made crazy move, 90%, even more than that, just going from 1.4 to all the way to 3.35. Um, but uh, you did have uh, Qualcomm, QCOM, that opened with a gap down it was after um if i'm not mistaken a downgrade and uh, you know reached a support level and bounced up i didn't trade that but if i'm not mistaken it's it was a downgrade yeah by wells Fargo and also uh amgn well yeah that's uh, the one that had the merger yeah yeah so uh, also bounced up didn't trade that but yeah Mostly uh, what I like to do, again, this time of the year, I will trade mostly the ETFs or big names like Tesla and uh, yeah. you know, uh, Chinese uh, companies. There seems to be a pretty good bid on XBI, which is the biotech. Uh, you want to throw that up and see if you see anything happening there? Because that, uh, that popped up on my screen as doing pretty good today. XBI, mm. X-Ray, Bobby, India. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like something's going on there maybe, huh? That's it. So what I usually would look for, um, obviously start with a 4H, a 1H, just to find the levels, mm -hmm. just to mark the support resistant level area uh, to see uh, the ATR of the of the stock, and then uh, go through the news, watching the news, see if there are big news or you know well, can move, they can move, uh, can really move the stock. Yeah. And then try to look for the the patterns inside of the one minute chart. Um, uh, Marna, mRNA, uh, Moderna, mm -hmm. was a crazy sell-off today. Um, th uh, there were a couple of things uh, that got here to move down. And basically, there was a perfect uh, pullback. You know, went down, pulled back, reached the 172 area. Mm -hmm. From that point, just dropping down. So yeah. a lot of those kind of moves. Yeah, so your screener seems to be doing a pretty good job. Let's turn over to Casey. And Casey, uh, anything fundamental or technical or any specific things you're looking at that you want to share? Sure. Um, I could bring back up uh, a chart here. You yeah, want me to sure, do that? Yeah, sure. Sharing your chart uh, is a good idea because it gives us a visual while you're speaking. You know? Well, I'm so good with words that That's I... True. You're I a wordsmith. Paint a picture. <laughs> I paint a picture with my words. Storyteller. Um, <laughs> not really. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. You guys see that? Sure. Perfect. Oh, wait. You can? Trend spider. Okay. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Great. So, um, wait. I, okay. Sorry. Um, so, what I'm looking at, this is the S&P 500. Uh, I like to draw some channels and look at higher timeframes and drill down. And so, what I've been looking at right here is that we have a nice uh, trend line happening on the weekly, okay? And so I like that. That's a nice little trend line. And price went right up into it, and we started to drop. Uh, and then last week was a very nice reversal candle, and it didn't quite go below. Like I, I like to see price break below the previous candle, and it did. It it went right below the previous week. There's still quite a bit of what we call support right here. And it's sitting on top of the 10 moving average. So right now, I think it's just waiting for news to make a decision, but it's kind of just sitting there. And so then uh, I like to go down to a daily time frame to kind of get my my bearings. And you can see that uh, we've we've stalled out here. And now we're below this 10 period moving average. And so when I get it and it stays below there and it comes back up to retest, I like to see that it will then push off of that and then break these lows. So what I'm kind of looking for right now for an entry on this is for it to break one of these previous day lows. Um, I 
primarily use the this my my trend channels and my 10 moving average to come up with my my trades but then i also look at the rsi and the macd just to kind of give me a visual picture and so we see the macd starting to roll over the rsi just crossed below the uh, the 50s kind of hanging around the 50 there. So uh, that's what I'm looking for. And that's kind of how I trade. And mm -hmm. so um, if I could also share one of the other ones that I was looking at, which is gold. Um, and so you I get some great, same... great, yeah, get some great comments out of Citigroup. Uh, and the guy at Citigroup uh, was the guy who said oil was going to go down to 70 when it was at one. 20 and okay. he's now saying that the gold has quite a bit of potential for next year so are you kind of seeing the same thing because it is having a good pullback today and it seems like it has some problems up around 18 20 but um how do you feel about this gold because it's on your radar too hey there's uh, a puppy so, <laughs> uh yeah that's actually um a random puppy <laughs> and i had to switch my all right I lost the chart. Hold on. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, where's the share? Button? I thought it was, I thought it was one of the attendees. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, no, that's actually my screen. Uh -huh. um, and, uh, little... so you're going to show us something, how you feel about the gold. Yeah. I'm trying to bring yeah. it back. Sure. I, uh, bring it back. If you have any trouble, maybe David could put up his chart yeah. and you can give him David, a symbol. Why don't you bring it up and then I'll try to figure it out here. <laughs> Apologize for the live technical difficulties. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. And what's a Art. symbol you want to use? Oh, he's got gold up there like that. Just yeah. wanting to talk about gold or mm -hmm. something else related to that. Did you want to do XAU uh, or? Yeah, that's uh, gold is fine. Um, Jim, was your question about the um, about oil? No, 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 no. I was mentioning that the, one of the head analysts at Citigroup uh, was very sharp on the oil drop. And now he's uh, said he's optimistic on gold for next year. And I was wondering, you, I know you were talking about it. Uh, you kind of concur with that or what do you think? Oh, OK. Well, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I do agree with that because um, because we broke some very important levels. If we look at the chart uh, right now, the there's a big, strong triple bottom right off of the uh, right above the 116 or the 1600 level. I, I like that. I think that's pretty strong. And then when I'm I'm looking at that that big blue EMA broke pretty strong above that. And so then when I'm looking at a weekly time frame as well, I like to um, I, I like to look for breakouts and things above like the 50 period moving average on the weekly time frame and so it's made a pretty nice break on the weekly time frame as well and so i'm pretty bullish for that and also with your comments on on gold being positive if we start to see the dollar um hit hit the highs which i think is what we have right and if the dollar can to weaken i think that um we're gonna gold here so uh that's my overall take on it but right now uh, we are moving down uh, the, the last day we're down. And I think right where you see that uh, 200 EMA, I think we might see some resistance down there. Um, and again, really a lot of it has to do with what happens this week, but I think that that's a good base of uh, around that 730. Yeah. And the RSI looks a little divergency there and coming down through the 60 number. So you might get a correction here, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and um, Dan, with regards to um, the options and uh, what you're seeing there, I had a question for you. Um, the VIX I see gapped up today, and mm -hmm. I also see it has a gap from down when it was at 19. I'm looking at a 10-day chart on the VIX, and I see there was a gap between 19 and 20, and I see there's a gap between 23 and 24. And um, what's your gut feeling on that? Because, you know, with those kind of gaps, it could be a situation where the number comes out really positive for stocks and we have a huge rally and then the VIX would fill in the 23 and it might even fill in the 20 to 19 if the rally starts breaking above 4,000. So um, what, do you, what do you think the VIX might be telling us here? What's your gut on it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, several things um, going on here. The VIX has been very, very interesting to watch lately. Um, one, uh, geez, I don't know, uh, caveat, I guess I want to say, is because um, 
because VIX is sort of a derivative of a derivative, or maybe even of a derivative, I have to think more about that one. I'm uh, getting a headache with all those derivatives you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think I'm uh, following. I think I'm following you. you know? right. So I, I, I don't look uh, technically at, uh, at, at charts of VIX and, uh -huh. and use it like I would with a typical asset, you know? Okay. Um, because, you know, it's, it's just a little bit of a different animal. But, you know, that said, when VIX got down below 20, uh, what was that, a week and a half ago or something like right. that? Right. Last Monday, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just look at it and, and, and realizing that, look, it, it, uh, the small changes to inflation that have occurred, the small changes to the employment situation, the economy um, were so not relevant that the VIX being down below 20 just seemed kind of absurd. Uh, and so I, I bought some straddles, you know, I bought straddles then. And uh, there was, that was a week ago today. Mm -hmm. And as of this morning, you know, the VIX is up quite a bit and I ended up getting, there's a little bit of, of, of an ironic play, but I think it's, I think it's an interesting one. I ended up getting out of the straddle uh, today because, you know, the, the spiders moved a little bit lower. Um, and so I, you know, I ended up with a little bit of a unwanted delta, you know, going into the number. Right. So counterintuitively, I want to be out of straddles with the VIX higher going into the number on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel that uh, with a little bit of nimbleness following the number, when when volatility gets crushed, I don't even want to. I mean, it's gonna it's it's gonna come off at least a couple of. Right. Uh, I think that provides. So you're you're, th you're thinking the VIX will come down and fill fill the gap at least at twenty three and. You know, under right under a, a very um, stampede environment, it could even go down towards nineteen or twenty. Or you think that's a little bit of a stretch? Yeah, you know, you always have this inverse relationship between equities and volatility, right? Um, so, you know, it, if if the market does end up going higher uh, following the meeting, um, then I think volatility could, yeah, it, it could fall, it could even fall below 20, though I think if we get a sell-off from anything that Powell has to say afterwards, uh, you know, we'd probably be above 20, but lower than here. And I, and yeah. I just think either way, it, it ends up being a nice four-week, five-week straddle. Yeah. Yeah. When you do these straddles, do you ever roll them? Uh, in other words, like say I'm looking at the VIX when it went down to 19 and I did a 20 straddle and now we're back up towards 25. Would you ever uh, uh, dump the 20 straddle and roll it up to a 25 straddle and then see how that neighborhood works? Yeah. Well, by the way, when I'm talking straddles, I, I'm specifically talking uh, S&P 500 straddles. Oh, okay. Okay. You yeah. know, just basically using the VIX uh, as as what it is, the implied volatility of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, and you know, like I, I had that moment this morning when I was thinking about that. I was long the um, the uh, 399 straddle in spiders. Right. And I thought, you know, I could just kind of roll it down to get closer to delta neutral. But, you know, I'd be... I'd be basically scalping some some Vega out of the straddles that I had, but then buying a straddle at a higher level. And I, I don't think I want to buy volatility. Here. You know, I, I'd rather wait. Yeah, I see a gap on um, on a 10 day graph on the uh, spider uh, between 404 and 406 ballpark. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we got a good report, if that might be a, a tractor, you know. And a good report, meaning, you know, he comes out and talks dovish. Uh, he talks about how we're making big progress. We got a, more to go, but we're going to go real slow, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that it, it just to me, it just seems like it becomes a new game immediately following the number and yeah. going into Powell's, Powell's top. Um, and the and the holiday liquidity is probably an issue and the algorithms, how they just, you know, jam. In other words, if it comes out to be a positive number, meaning, you know, he's dovish, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a stampede of buying in a mm -hmm. holiday environment. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys on the other side of the trade, because you used to work at the floor, they're just going to stand back and let these people bid it up to the moon before they start stepping in front of it, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a possibility. And, and actually, you know, there are a couple of things that you mentioned earlier that I think kind of come into play. Um, one is, you know, the, the Santa Claus rally 
it 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 doesn't always happen. It happens about maybe uh, three quarters of the time, right? Right. So I think if 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 we get some more hawkish statements, which yeah. you know I, I think it'll be tempered hawkish statements if we get them, but it could be um, that could put the kibosh on it. And I don't know, like you know, I, I I'm a trader. Options is my specialty. I'm I'm not an economist, but obviously you know you have to know a bit about macro to. To, to do what we all do here. Um, but I just feel that maybe the Fed's looking at it a little bit incorrectly and handling it in a more traditional manner where, I, I mean, I think inflation is being more driven by supply chain issues and you can raise interest rates as much as you want that's right. not going to fix that, that problem. Yeah, uh, but you would wonder uh, how um, uh, getting a market to go through the roof, it would uh, be um, in line with their goals of uh, uh, stopping demand. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, <clears throat> and, and th that plays into like one of the one of the things that I'm looking at now is for my longer term investments, because, you know, like I think of myself as both a trader and an investor, you know. Uh, for my longer term investments, I'm looking at this as a really, really nice potential opportunity to to write some calls on some of the long stocks that I have because I, the the going through the roof scenario is just the least likely scenario. Hey, uh, Casey, uh, with regards to international markets, uh, do you do anything with those? Because I caught a very nice uh, rally in uh, China and also in uh, some of these other ones like Mexico and Australia, Canada. You know, they all went up India. Um, but they all, you know, might be stalling here because, you know, opening up everybody out of their apartments without the proper um, hospital ICUs, nurses and vaccines, you know, they probably uh, could be dangerous. Uh, so how do you, do you do anything with the international markets? My my primary interest in international markets is through peace and I do a okay. lot of uh, currency trading. And so I will look at uh, individual uh, countries by based off their currency. Uh, I don't look too much at individual stocks or funds or anything like that. And, uh, um, you know, a lot of them are really, con uh, they're really, uh, ba you know, they're influenced by what's going on with the dollar. The dollar kind of rules the day. And so mm -hmm. whatever uh, happening with the dollar, it impacts heavily. Yeah. You don't have to be a genius why you'd make a hit on foreign uh, investments when it goes from 115 to 104. But uh, is that party possibly over if we can't take out that 104 and we start going 106, 107, or what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I think um, I think right now this pullback is pretty significant, and that's mm -hmm. why when I was talking about gold earlier, when we see that uh, gold's had a big spike in the last month or so, you can see that the reverse has happened on the dollar, uh, and um, fundamentally. I think that if uh, the inflation cools off, we're going to see the dollar to drop as well. And so they're trying really hard to make that happen. So I think yeah. that's what's going to happen. So I think last year or this current year, 2022, was a great year for the dollar, the year of the dollar. I think 2023 is not going to be the year of the dollar. I think we're pretty heavy pullback in 20 to the dollar. Yeah. And maybe it's in line with that uh, most of the interest rate hikes have been done. And so that genie's out of the bottle. And then basically, if they do get a slowdown because of the lag effects of what they've done on the interest rates, and you did get the earnings to drop, of course, that might not be positive for the dollar either. Huh? Right. Yeah. And then we start to, yeah. So, so that's a, that's a great point. And um, just like everything else, when you get commodities that do really well, they go through extremely strong cycles. And then when you think that you're it's going to keep going, then it has a reverse and the reverse is you strongest. Yeah. And maybe those central bankers got the idea that that dollar was getting so strong that we could have had a systemic problem in some of these uh, developing market currencies and stuff like that. Huh? That That's very true. And, uh, you know, yeah. when the dollar gets too strong, it does create a problem um, for a lot of the countries of the world. And uh, even with American companies that are trying to do business overseas can cause some as well. Yeah. Uh, Definitely is good in some cases if you're doing things with the dollar and you're trying to do activity, it's always benefit uh, to have. Another good point uh, about being somewhat uh, concerned about the dollar is it's in the RSI neighborhood where um, the uh, the over underlying market is generally weak. You know, the RSI is pretty uh, substantially under 50. Right. And it's been hanging under there. Every time you see the pullback, 
yeah. you know, these pullbacks have just, they've been weak recently. So I think uh, the 107 level is going to be pretty uh, hard for um, Michael, you um, generally do most of the short-term trading. And, um, but do you have any, because I know you're watching the, the landscape uh, going into 2023, do you have any, um, you know, really, um, you know, uh, dramatic things you expect uh, that we might see that uh, people could focus on? Either, yeah, in, you know, either in stocks or commodities or interest rates or currencies, you know, in any of the markets? Yeah, so basically the way that I look at the, the other markets are through the, uh, through the glasses of, um, you know, the stocks, the U.S. stocks. So, so, for example, if I'm looking at the Chinese market, I usually will trade or analyze the um, uh, BABA and uh, Billy and Baidu and all of those mm -hmm. All of those uh, Chinese companies just to JD. get a reflection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. TAL, just to get a reflection from the Chinese market. Um, but other than that, as uh, as you said, I'm mostly just a short-term, hardcore short-term trader. So um, my, you know, like big vision is just uh, to analyze for the next week or so and then um, just execute my trades. Did you get any uh, sell signals on the Chinese stocks? Because again, it went from um, uh, we're changing our whole policy and, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, get rid of zero COVID. And now right. there's a little bit of stuff where the uh, infections are going through the roof and there's real problems with uh, helping these people. And so, you know, um, the minister's comparing it to the common cold now to try to quell concerns. But what are you, what are you thinking here? Is that, is this rally possibly over for, for now, as far as your short-term stuff? I mean, they went down like crazy. Let's say if you're looking at the BABA, Alibaba, it went down from, uh, 319 all the way to 60. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so, and this is a big company, BABA, Alibaba, it's a huge company. So. At yeah. the end, looking like a, a decent price, you know, the around the 60s, the 80s, looking like a, a decent price uh, and a lot of upside to it. If it will break through the 200, I got the 200 EMA on my chart at around uh, 97, around $97. I'm looking at the daily chart. Yeah. So I guess if we will, we already got uh, one time resistance from it. So I guess if we will break through the $100, then we can see a nice move to the upside, even like 30, 40 points all the way to 130, 140, trying to close the gap. There's a gap from mm -hmm. um, November 21. But these are longer term charts. If you're doing yeah. very short term trading, wouldn't you be short Baba right now? Uh, you know, for the short term, I, yeah, I mean, that's what you do, right? You do the one day stuff and the three day stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah so uh, I wouldn't look at it that way. I'm just uh, waiting to see a strong momentum move or a strong volume coming in on a, any particular day. And then I'll short it. So I'm looking at Baba at the moment. If it's, let's say, if it will break uh, something around the $85, then I will start uh, thinking of getting into a short position maybe pushing to close the gap at around um, getting into the gap around 82 and then yeah, I see, I see yeah, those, those gaps underneath might get filled right yeah so but it's only if I'll, I'll see a strong momentum move in a specific day so yeah general, yeah I think I'm getting it now basically you know uh, we may have hit a, hit a high on it but you don't want to be the first guy on the sell side you'll let the thing start topping out a little bit and then take out something like 85 so now the momentum to the downside is picking up and that would be more interesting you to do some selling once we have a established high point and then some better momentum right exactly yeah it's all about, you know when you're day trading it's all about the momentum at the end yeah, and yeah. you're just looking for for the the levels, either a support level or resistance level to uh, break or break through yeah. in order to start seeing the momentum coming in and then uh, jump in uh, on that trade. If you um, if you want to zoom in, let's say on a 1H, 1H chart, hourly, one hourly, yeah, hourly chart. So for example, if, if we don't want to wait, yeah. perfect. So if we don't want to wait all the way to the 85, yeah. Uh, we can look at around 87, yeah, around the $87. Let's yes. say if it will break it, retest it, mm -hmm. the $87. And then from that point, we can start looking to short it 
yeah. probably all the way to the at least the 85 and then maybe even uh, filling up the gap getting into the gap around 82 and then closing it at around it yeah there so, are probably some great um, trading opportunities with this stuff don't you think michael because they are expecting yeah. a bumpy opening and then basically mm -hmm. in the second half of next year uh, they might yeah. be on track and obviously in the second half the weather will be warmer so maybe the infections obviously logically might be a lot less and so it could be uh, a lot of back and forth up and down in the beginning of the year and those would give you good trading opportunities maybe huh yeah, and it's also, it's not just the COVID, it's also um, the other stuff, you know, political stuff yeah. uh, regarding the the um, prime minister or the, you know, generally the government right. and the way they will handle things. Yeah, they got unemployment problems for their youth, and they also obviously have real estate problems that aren't going away either. So there's there's a lot of balls in the air over there, right? Yeah, generally yeah. speaking, the chart on the um, hourly chart looks pretty good to the downside. Uh, Dan, uh, going into 2023, is there any uh, market that you think uh, you know uh, might have some uh, pretty big potential? I mean, my my main focus is 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 trading the options on typically U.S. equities. I mean, I I will do some ADRs and such, um, and so you know, like I look at the things that um, Michael and Casey uh, talk about and and have expertise in. I look at a more for fundamental information and to just to get a like get a better picture to be able to um you know do what I do better uh, as far as as trading the the US equity. So I I guess I can talk a little bit more to that um specifically in terms of of volatility. Um this this VIX picture I I I'm just going to call it here um maybe even for the entire 2023 I'm looking at a floor of 20 on the VIX for all the next now like people will say that the long term average for the VIX is well they'll say it's like 16 uh some people say it's 20 but that like takes into account like massive spikes when it goes up to 70 right but, you know, I, I aberrations. I think, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. But um, I, I mean, I, I guess that that's really, you know, if I, if I have to give some good, solid guidance uh, to our listeners here, the, this new volatility regime is the volatility regime that we're going to be in for a while. And you know, frankly, that's probably why we've been seeing such high option volumes. Um, just, I think, think there were three months this year that we set a record in option volume, if I'm not mistaken. Because mm -hmm. uh, this is, I mean, it is an option traders market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, look at that, Vic. So you had opportunities this year, um, both on puts and calls, uh, huge in the January uh, to March, the first quarter and mm -hmm. the second quarter and the third quarter. And now we're into the fourth quarter. And so uh, each quarter has given you up and down potential. Uh, that is very significant on the VIX, you know, right now you would uh, maybe say if you're looking at the graph that it came down to fill a gap, which it did around that 20 mark, which is in August. Mm -hmm. And now, um, you know, if they really do hike and if they really do uh, kill the demand and if earnings really do roll over, uh, then maybe it is on the path to matriculate back towards the 30 or 35 in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> which would be in line with that uh, testing the 3500, right? Yeah, yeah, and this ties into what Michael was just talking about. You know about China. I mean, they they're kind of now in a situation where they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. Yeah. Uh, because you know, China's China's where stuff is made, uh, and that's where the world buys stuff from. And if they're if they have supply chain issues because they're making people stay in their apartments, then you know that that messes up the rest of the world and causes inflation in the rest of the world. But then if they just open the doors and everybody's sick, that still causes supply chain issues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, you know, every, everyone in the ICU is not going to help uh, production, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're in a period of, we're, you know, we're going to get some better news that, hey, you know, maybe inflation's coming mm -hmm. down a little bit. You know, maybe jobs are, um, you know, slowing down, which unfortunately is kind of the goal of rising, uh, raising, uh, raising interest rates. But, you know, we're going to get that bad news, too. We're just going to be in this cycle uh, for, for a good another year. I think. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, we're coming into the last uh, 10 minutes here. I thought it would be a good time for spending a little bit of time on what you guys actually do to help people. And so that people are listening can uh, contact you and uh, obviously get some help. So uh, Casey with trading strategies, you know, just go into a little bit about, uh, you know, what are you doing for people and exactly when they call, you know, if you have any special offers or ways you're going to help them. So uh, my website's tradingstrategyguides.com. And uh, we have a lot of free education on how to trade, uh, how to read charts, how to uh, find trading strategies for all markets. Um, and uh, I also host a podcast on the same page called How to Trade It. And I interview some of the best traders and uh, they share their insight. And so it's a two thing, a two part thing. We have education on the site for, uh, getting a lot of free trading education and free trading strategies, and also the podcast where we interview some of the best traders. Uh, so feel free to check that out. If you want to learn something specific about trading, we got lots of great content over there. And uh, no matter what level trader you are, you know, a new trader, intermediate type trader, or an advanced trader, everyone can get some good information there. Yeah. Yeah. No matter where you're at. And, you know, me, I've been doing this for a long time. And I'm still trying to always learn. I'm always reading and studying, trying to up my game a little bit. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Michael, uh, again, you want to explain a little bit about how people can uh, benefit by contacting you. And then if you have any special offers or anything, yeah, you can cover them and we can see what's going on there. Yeah, thanks. So uh, as I mentioned before, we are a prop firm, an online prop firm. And what we do is basically give anyone uh, a stock trader, any stock day trader, uh, the ability to trade and join our uh, prop fund. So basically, uh, it will go or she will go through an evaluation phase. And if he passes it or she uh, and reach the goal and didn't reach a maximum drawdown and stuff like that, it will get uh, funded and basically trade on our capital. Now, you know, especially as a day trader, especially in the US, you need at least 25K to open an account, right? To trade, uh, to day trade stocks. So in this case, you're trading our capital. The valuation phase is uh, as little as $300. You go through that, passes it, uh, start trading uh, with us. Um, we provide a lot of tools, uh, technical tools, and also uh, mental tools, um, Anything basically from blogs, from uh, playbooks, uh, ebooks, anything that we can uh, uh, donate or, or give in order to promote our traders. And if you want to check it out at traderpool.com, we also have a Christmas sale going on. Uh, feel free. And um, what type of, uh, what's the profile of some uh, people that are doing this? Is it young? Is it old? Is it retired? Is it employed, unemployed? What, what, what is the kind of profile? I mean, we have everyone <clears throat> because at the end of the day, there are tons of people who want to trade the market and don't have the ability to do so, especially uh, when you, you know, you need the nice capital, nice uh, deposit in the broker account in order to really be active. Uh, but we have everyone from uh, guys in their 20s and also uh, 60 and 70s. Um, and when people go to your website, uh, they'll get all the details on how that works, what, uh, what expenses, if any, there are, and, and uh, uh, you know, again, your thresholds that you have to meet in order to get funded and all those type of, because there's quite a bit of details that you can't go over in this small format, right? Yeah, but you can go ahead and check it out. Of course, if you have any questions, uh, there is uh, FAQs and we have a chatbot and of course uh, the support. Uh, you can call us to the office as well, um, but all the details are there. You know, you need to, at the end of the day, we have set of rules. You need to reach X amount of money and not uh, reaching uh, maximum drawdown. If you uh, stand with those rules, you get funded. Sure. Okay, Dan, you've got tremendous experience as a trader down there um, on the floor. And then, of course, you've been following these markets uh, for decades. And uh, you obviously follow all the news out there and create opinions. But you have some, some kind of specialties in the options you kind of focus on. So can you let people know, you know, what, what, how you bring uh, these things to the table for people and, you know, how they can benefit by contacting you? 
Yeah, we have a few systems that uh, that we really, really dialed in, worked really, really hard on over the past uh, couple of years. And when the market changes, some of these, uh, you know, become more important for our, our flock of traders than, um, you know, than they have been. And right now, you know, I mentioned covered calls, um, getting those on by before the announcement on Wednesday, I think is really, really important. Um, and, you know, covered calls are simple, but they're trickier than most people um, give them credit for. So we actually have a have a webinar uh, tomorrow night on our system for trading covered calls and, and cash-secured puts. And um, folks can join us by just going to markettaker.com slash R-E-G, like for register. So that's a market, like stock market, taker, take what's rightfully yours, two T's in a row slash r-e-g and um it's a complimentary webinar it introduces our system and um you know i i just think it's a really important time to to have that class yeah no doubt because i mean this vix has come down from 35 down to 19 and um it's it is spiking i would call it spiking up a little bit today almost up 10 percent mm -hmm. and so um, that might either be telling us that uh, things are going to get very very volatile uh to the downside or, you know, sometimes these things gap up and then they can't hold their water and they come right back down. So the idea that there's going to be big volatility by the end of the week is probably not far-fetched, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, so I have to say. All right, you guys, uh, as far as optionprofessor.com is concerned, uh, you know, we do have PDF reports on options that we send out and also a one-on-one -on -one review of trading strategies you're doing and ideas that we have. And we do some sharing in that one-on-one -on -one online review which is helpful. So that's at optionprofessor.com. Check that out. Uh, guys, I uh, hope you guys have a great holiday season. And of course, we'll be doing this more uh, in 2023. But uh, thanks a lot for being here. And uh, everybody should take advantage of contacting these guys and uh, try to take advantage of the services they have. Uh, right now, I'm going to switch it back over to David. And uh, thanks for being here, guys. And again, happy holidays. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, just stay... Uh... A lot of good info today so just a quick reminder for everyone be sure to subscribe to timing research on uh youtube and your favorite podcast app and you can also just go to timingresearch.com to get access to any of the uh, past shows or presentations also timing research is now available on substack so if you are already a uh, you know especially if you're already a substack subscriber uh you can just look up timing research and get the um, updates on new episodes that way as well um so i just want to thank my lineup again for today uh michael katz uh first time being here on the yeah. monday cfn show uh he's done some great presentations on previous um uh, synergy trader events but uh i want to thank him for being here on uh thanks david crowd forecast news so michael katz of trade at the pool.com and uh also casey stubbs of tradingstrategyguides.com. Thank you, Tim, for being back. And Dan Passarelli of markettaker.com. And uh, moderator, uh, option professor of optionprofessor.com. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much, David. Appreciate it.